Welcome to God's Truth. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison, as we continue to proclaim and teach and testify of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And of that same Lord and God, Jesus Christ, I testify as one of his witnesses that he lives today. He sits at the right hand of our Heavenly Father in splendor and majesty and glory. Let all the heavenly hosts sing hallelujah and behold the Lamb of God who take away the sins of this world. We're filming this week's lesson for this next week coming up, and we're continuing on our way here in the New Testament. This year, we're looking at the New Testament. Today, we're looking at Matthew chapter uh, 5, um, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6 and 7. Last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 5. I'll be looking here at the King James uh, Version of the Bible, if you have that. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, look here in chapter 6. Okay, so we begin chapter 6, and Jesus here is going to be he's teaching his apostles and disciples, and he's going to be... Uh, uh, one of this, one, of course, we know is one of the greatest sermons that was ever preached and preached by Jesus Christ, recorded here both by Matthew and part of it was recorded by Luke in the Sermon of the Plain in the book of Luke. Okay, so we'll look here at uh, St. Matthew uh, chapter 6. Let's begin verse, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Right, your father in heaven sees in secret. He wants you to perform it in secret. If you go around bragging about all the great deeds you're doing and all the charitable causes and charitable organizations you're donating to, you have had your reward. Thus saith the Lord God. Okay, and two. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do don't go around sound, sounding a trumpet before you, saying, "Everybody, look at me. I'm giving to the poor." Says. Uh, the, you know, as the hypocrites do. Remember Jesus, he always uses names, name calling, uh, condemning, uh, name calling, trying to wake these people up. So don't be like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. The religious leaders, he always goes after false religious leaders. He says, don't do like the false religious leaders do uh, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of man. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth, that your alms may be in secret, and your father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. You humble yourself before God, God he exalts you. You perform your alms in secret. He advances and uh, gives you glory. And when thou prayest, don't be like the hypocrites. So again, right, the name calling always does it. And don't do like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen a man. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward already, right? They wanted people to think that they're religious, that they're prayerful people. They have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And your Father which seeth in the secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking, right? You are to pray with the real intent of your hearts. Uh, you need to pray exercising your faith in God that he will answer your prayers. Don't repeat the same things over and over. If you keep asking for the same thing, that denotes a lack of faith on your part. You don't have the faith to claim that blessing from God. But when you, uh, in verse 8, 
But, uh, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him, right? God knows all things. He knows exactly what your needs are. You know, he knows before you ask him, right? So exercise faith in him that he will answer the petitions of your heart. He says, uh, pray after this manner. Don't pray these exact words, you know, the Catholics and some other religious organizations think that you actually pray these same words. He's not saying pray these exact words and these are the only words you can use, right? He's saying that this is an example, right? So we begin in verse uh, nine. Uh, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? So you start off, you're praising God, telling him how great he is and all the great works of his hands. Thank you for creating this world. Thank you for, you know, my family. Thank, thank, thank you for you know, all the th- things you're thankful of, right? You thank him and praise him for the things he has done. Now pray that this kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Pray for the missionaries that there be uh, more uh, laborers in the vineyard, as Jesus asks us to do, right? Pray for the missionary work that uh, go forward and pray, find the many that uh, the pure in heart who need to hear the gospel and come unto Jesus Christ to be saved. Give us this day our daily bread. It's okay to pray for temporal things. He's asking you to do so. So so pray that, uh, you know, he gives you food to eat, that he gives you safe shelter overhead. You know, pray for a job. You know, pray for these things. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'm talking about, you know, sins and trespass against each other, right? Scripture very clear on this, that the Lord God has commanded us to forgive all men. If we forgive them, uh, then he will forgive us. That's his promise. But if we don't forgive one another, he has promised that he will not forgive us. 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now the JST is going to change that a little bit here. And pray that we, you know, that God does not suffer us to be led into temptation. Say it's Satan that's tempting, not 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 God, right? God allows trials in our lives. He allows Satan to tempt us, but he's not the one bringing the temptation. So you don't pray for God not to lead us into temptation, but that uh, suffer us not to be led into temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, here we go. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, right? But if you don't, you know, you're not going to be forgiven is what the scriptures teach. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear and demand the fast. Verily I say unto you, they already have their reward. They go around and say, oh, I'm so hungry because I'm fasting to God. Well, the man, mankind might look up to you and say, oh, why? Well, you must really be religious if you're willing to not eat and suffer hunger for, for your dedication to God. Well, that's your reward. Your reward was that they said that to you, right? You don't have reward with God. You don't have reward in heaven, he says here. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face so as to appear not to be fasting, even if you are hungry. That you don't appear unto men to fast, but unto your father, which is in secret, and your father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee 
openly. Exalt, you know, those who humble themselves before him, he'll lift them out of darkness, out of obscurity, and reward them openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Focus on building up your heavenly reward, doing good deeds and so forth, so God can bless you when he opens the books in the day of judgment, according to the book of Revelation, and will bless you based on the things written in those books. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you focus your treasure on the things of God, your heart will be there with God. Therefore, he can walk with you, hold your hand through the trials, temptations, and obstacles of life. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And therefore the light that is in thee be darkness. How great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or the things of the world at the same time. They are not compatible. But as you focus on the things of God, he has promised he'll give you those other things. He'll give you the mammon and the things in life. Therefore, I say unto you, don't take any thought for your life. What you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls, the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't do anything, but yet God provides food for them. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, in verse 26. Are you not better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statute, right? This is something that, uh, you know, those who, uh, you know, are short in statue have often wondered, right? Can we, can we add height? Uh, you, you know, to ourselves and, and so forth, but you can't, right? So he says here, uh, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto a statue? Well, the reality, reality is you cannot add uh, to your statue, right? And why take ye thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, nor do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, the great king of the Old Testament, who had kings coming from and queens from all over the world to come and bring him presents, bring him more gold, more silver, more precious things, and just to bask in here and listen, seat at his feet and listen to his wisdom. Even he, Jesus says here, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, is growing one day and thrown into the oven the next day. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things, though the Gentiles seek, those who don't worship God, those who worship false gods, they worry about all these things. But you, as a true Christian, you as a true worshiper, of God, you do not need to worry about these things. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But you are to do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What a mighty promise from God here, right? That if you 
truly make the righteousness and the kingdom of God first in your life, then he will give you the clothing to wear. He'll give you the food to eat. He'll give you the safe shelter overhead. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Okay, moving now to chapter 7 and verse 1. Now, he says here, Judge not that ye be not judged. Now, this, of course, people always take out of context. This belongs together with verse 2. If you take verse 1 apart from verse 2, you're taking the scripture out of context. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge. So God knows you're going to always form opinions about people upon meeting them and so forth. You need to be careful, though, how you judge them, because with that same way you judge them, that's the same method of judgment God will use to judge you. Ooh, powerful stuff here. And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye? But you don't consider the beam that is in your own eye. Or how what you say to your brother, let me pull out the little mote out of your eye, and behold, the beam is in your own eye. You hypocrite! <laughs> Jesus always name-calling the wicked and the false religious leaders. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give that not give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. You know, we teach the basic principles of the gospel, faith, repentance, uh, forgiveness of sins, uh, a baptism by those who hold the priest and authority of God going into the water, being buried in symbolic representation of the death burial coming out of the water, a resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then the receipt of the Holy Ghost. Those are the principles we teach to the world. The more advanced theological points, the more advanced doctrine, you need to be careful how you talk about it and who you, and who you share it with. A lot of people are not ready to hear those things. They're not ready for calculus before they learn basic mathematics. Now he says here, in verse 7, one of the great ones we all know, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if the son hath bread, will he give him a stone? Well, of course the father is not going to give him a stone if he's hungry and needs bread. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Well, of course not, right? If ye then are evil, you being evil, right? <laughs> Jesus is great, isn't he? If ye then being able know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask of him? Wow, powerful. Therefore all things, and here's the golden rule, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that man should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. The whole law and the prophets is to do unto others as you would like them to treat to, to treat you. 
And if people were to go forward to do that in society, imagine no more warfare, uh, you know, uh, no more crime. Uh, the world would be a totally different, better place. Now in 13, we learn the, the principle here about salvation, exaltation. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there. So most people will not be exalted in the celestial kingdom of our God. He says here, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it, right? It's hard to find the gospel. Most of the world has never heard the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Most will not hear it while they're living here in mortal flesh, right? Most will have to hear it being preached in the spirit world while they're waiting the day of resurrection. Now he's going to go against false religious leaders, Jesus Christ. We've looked at this several times. Always takes every opportunity to bash down, to insult, to condemn false religious leaders because they lead people uh, astray and lead them down to hell. And he, nothing he hates more than a false religious leader. You shall know them by their fruits, he says. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit, right? So you'll know them by their fruits is what they're teaching, biblical sound doctrine. Does it com comply? Does it is it in harmony with the teachings of the Old or the New Testament? If they're teaching you something, such as the false heretical uh, Christian creeds, that's totally contrary to what we learn about God and Jesus Christ in the Bible, then this, uh, you know, they're bringing forth evil fruit, right? Every, so, every good tree bringing forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. They will teach evilness. First thing God, Jesus Christ said, after not speaking to mankind, uh, not having promise on the earth for nearly 2,000 years was what? Their creeds are an abomination in his eyes, right? That's the first thing he said. Their professors, their, their pastors are corrupt, right? They honor me with their lips. They say, Jesus, Jesus, but their hearts are far from me, right? First thing he said, he says, every tree, every false pastor that bringeth not good forth, uh, forth good fruit is going to be hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Now, their penalty is to what? Go cast out into the everlasting fire, right? Prepared for the devil and his angels right, where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That is their punishment. So they're going to come. They're going to appear before their judge, whether it's an apostle or a saint. We're even told in the scriptures that the saints of God will judge. Of course, you've got billions of people to to judge in the in the great judgment, right? Now, Christ is the head chief judge, right? So you can appeal, I guess. Apparently, you can appeal to him after your judge has sentenced you to the to the everlasting fire here, right? So they've been sentenced to the everlasting fire. This is the penalty of Jesus Christ, what he said here, that every false religious leader 
that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So they will then, some of them will even try to appeal this and they'll come to Jesus as the chief judge and try to appeal their sentence of going into the everlasting uh, fire. And verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Uh-oh, you false heretical, false apostate Christians that think that you don't have to keep the commandments of God. You don't have to live a good life as long as you say, oh, I accept Jesus as my Savior. I can keep on sinning and, and never bringing my heart unto God and just sin and do whatever I want with my life. Because I said, Jesus, I said with my lips, Jesus, Jesus. He said, <laughs> says, not those who say that, uh, that, that don't do the will of my Father in heaven, uh, well, they're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven who try to live a good life, right? And then fall upon the grace of God to save them. They themselves by their good works, by their good behavior, we should say here. We'll talk the difference of what works mean in the Bible. And most churches don't understand at all what it means. We'll look at that a lot when we get to Paul. But we'll talk about good behavior right here. Good behavior. So, uh, you know, good behavior. Jesus wants you to live a good life, but your good behavior can't save you. You're saved by the grace of God, right? But do you, he expects you to have good behavior, right? To show, as you know, that you have a true testimony of Jesus by the way you live your life, right? If you just say, Jesus, Jesus, oh, I believe, I believe Jesus, Jesus. But you go out and you commit all kinds of uh, boredom and uh, wickedness and evil. You don't truly believe in Jesus. You don't truly have a testimony of Jesus. You don't have, you're not a Christian, right? And so here we go. Many, many of these false religious pastors will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils? And in your name have done many wonderful works, right? Hey, why are you sending, you know, your guy here, the judge said, I need to go to the everlasting fire, you know, but I was a pastor. God, I was a pastor. I prophesied in your name. I taught in your name. I spent my life teaching you, right? I never accepted you. I never came into the into the missionaries of your church. You know, I never accepted full Christianity. You know, I just accepted a partial, you know, little truth here, little truth there, mingled with scripture. And the philosophy of man mingled with scripture, except a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, I prop I with my lips. What am I living? I said, Jesus, Jesus. And what does Jesus say here, right? Says, so, you know, and they even said, oh, we even did miracles. We had crusades. We had crusades. We saw people get up and walk. People from wheelchairs. They got up in your name and walked, you know, that Lord. He says here, and we even cast out devils, right? And in your name done many wonderful words. In verse 23, and then while I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, right? He never called them to preach the gospel. They were never authorized to preach the gospel. They never received the priesthood of God. They didn't even believe in revelation. I don't know how they think they could be a pastor of God. If, if there's no revelation, God can't tell them to be a pastor if there's no revelation, right? And so they deny revelation. So by denying revelation, then, uh, you know, they're denying, you know, 
you know, they're admitting. They're admitting that they're not true pastors of God, right? And sometimes you hear funny stories about them. One of the top well-known pastors in the world today, he says that he had survived the car accident. Apparently he slid down a road and, and scraped up his back pretty well, but he survived. Therefore, because of that, God called him to be a preacher. But there's no revelation. He'll admit to you. There's no revelation. God doesn't speak from heaven, but because he somehow miraculously survived the car accident, slid down a road, scratched up his back pretty well. He, he thought he spent his life preaching, trying to preach Jesus Christ, thinking he was called. That's not how Jesus Christ calls people to preach his gospel. Okay, so now we go down here in verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doesn't just listen to them, right? Doeth them, doeth them. How many times is he going to say this over and over again? Doeth, doeth, doeth. You false heretical apostate Christians, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to repent. Discharge. Get rid of this false doctrine to think that you just have to proclaim with your lips Jesus and you can just live your life however you want and it doesn't matter. It, it, by your fruits, we shall know you whether you are true Christians of God or not. He says here, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. But what happens when you build your house upon the sand? Those who, Jesus, Jesus, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and don't do them, they just heard him. They heard Billy Graham go out and, and <laughs> preach at a crusade one time, and they went up front and <laughs> accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? He says, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, it shall be likened into a foolish man. He calls him a fool, right? Now, remember, remember, <laughs> there's one of the times where Jesus uses the word fool, right? What did we see last time, right? Matthew uh, chapter 5, here's Jesus again, as he always does, right? Insulting, using name calling, uh, trying to wake people up. That's how he talked. He, he had a foul mouth. That's what he always says here. Here we go in Matthew 5, at the end of 22. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire, right? If you call someone a fool, you'll be in danger of hellfire. Within that very same speech, Jesus calls these people who say Jesus, and it went to a crusade one time and accepted Jesus as their Lord, and then went home and just lived the rest of their life however they wanted to do, committed whatever sin they wanted to do, and thought they were somehow saved because they said, Jesus, he says, they're fools, foolish men. He calls them fools, putting himself in the danger of hellfire if he wasn't God, right? If he wasn't God, according to what he said in Matthew 5, 22, he'd be in danger of hellfire right now, right? But he's God and he can step above these laws that he's given to others, right? A foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them 
as one having authority from God and not as the scribes. Wow. So in, the, in his day, they would go out, they would quote, Rabbi so-and-so said this, Rabbi so-and-so said that, to make themselves appear intelligent, that they had memorized all the arguments of the hundreds of years of their Jewish rabbis, Jewish leaders, you know, but here Jesus came along. He didn't need to quote the rabbis, right? He was above the rabbis. He's the very son of God. He's the one that gave the law of Moses to Moses, right? He's the one that that inspired the prophets to prophesy in all these books of scripture, right? So he came along. He didn't quote the rabbis. He quoted himself. He preached from himself. So they said, you know, wow, he he doesn't uh, quote the rabbis. He, you know, he speaks with the, his own authority, right? And he had said earlier about that. We should have looked at the JST. I wanted to look at that uh, JST earlier. Uh, going back here to Matthew uh, 7, and he's talking to his disciples here about these rabbis, right? And he says in verse 6, And Jesus said unto them, this is JST uh, 7 verse 6, And Jesus said unto his disciples, Beholdest thou the scribes and the Pharisees and the priests and the Levites? They they search, I'm sorry, this is the small print, my eyes are starting to get bent. They teach in their synagogues, but do not observe the law, right? They didn't do, they didn't do, right? They didn't do, right? Like he said earlier, right? They didn't do it. They just preached. They just preached. They said, Jesus, Jesus, right? Now, of course, they didn't even say Jesus because they're Jewish people. They said, you know, they said, Adonai, 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 right? They said, Adonai. Uh, but they did not observe the law, nor the commandments, and have all gone out of their way and are under sin. Go thou, right? He's commanding them now. Go forward and talk to them, right? Go forward to the false religious leaders, and you shall say, why do you teach man the law and the commandments when you yourselves are the children of corruption? Again, leveling, name-calling, condemnation, as he always does, masterful at that. Oh, how I love Jesus Christ, right? Tells them to go forward and you approach your false religious leaders and you call them children of corruption and you ask them, why do you teach this? But you don't do the commandments that, you know, themselves. You don't teach biblical doctrine. You teach these heretical false creeds of an apostate false Christianity. Okay, so very powerful lesson once again as the master teacher, Jesus Christ, teaching and of his father's kingdom, as he had said when he was a boy at 12 years old, must you not know, mom and dad, that I'm about my father's business. Here's Jesus going forward now, engaged full time in the ministry, going forth teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, to those of you who are not yet members of, the, of his church and kingdom upon this earth, he is issuing you the invitation this day to come forward to accept him, the biblical Jesus, the one that has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as men, that rose from the dead and said, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. That same Jesus Christ is asking you to come forward to accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Exercise faith in him. Repent of your sins. 
Enter into the waters of baptism by those who hold the priesthood and authority of God, being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in symbolic representation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ coming out. Upon coming out of the waters of baptism, he'll then give you the great gift of the gift of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, which will be a constant guide and companion to you throughout your Christian walk back to our Heavenly Father's presence. We invite those of you to hearing this on, on uh, wherever you may hear this to reach out to the missionaries. We'll put the link in the description of, of this video, at least on our Facebook page. And so we would ask you to go to our Facebook and uh, other sites may not, may not have this description that may not have the invitation in the description, but at least the Facebook will go forward, click on that link in our Facebook video and reach out to the missionaries. Let them know you're ready to stand up and to confess Jesus Christ and become a Christian and be baptized by his missionaries who hold this priest and authority of God to so baptize you, to let that baptism count not only on the earth, but to be recognized in the heavens and be in the books when the God opens the books in the book of Revelation to judge you out of the books, out of the things written in the books, that you were baptized by those who hold priesthood and authority of God. He will bless you. He will magnify you. He will grant to you all the greatest blessings he has, uh, thrones, principles, dominions, and all of these wonderful things if you will do so. For those of you who have fallen in activity in the church, we welcome you with full open arms to come back. Come back with the saints of God and worship God together that we may bear one another's burdens, may comfort each other and be part of a community, knowing that as we continue to escalate the wickedness and violence on this earth as we get ready for the second coming of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, that at least you have a community to go to with people who have your same morals, your same morals that strive their best also to live a good life and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Closing, we leave God's blessing upon you again this day that you may have food to eat, you may have safe shelter overhead, May he guide you in the path uh, towards your life's destiny and fulfillment of his plans and purposes for your life. We testify of him this day. He is as real as you're looking at me this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.